Welcome to the latest addition to the Compliance Podcast Network, the podcast 10 for 10, which brings you the week's top 10 compliance stories curated together in one podcast each week. Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, brings you the compliance professional stories you need to be aware of at the end of your busy week. Sit back and in 10 minutes, hear about the stories every compliance professional should be aware of. Every Saturday, 10 for 10 highlights the most important news, insights, and analysis for the compliance professional, all curated by the voice of compliance, Tom Fox. Get your weekly filling of compliance stories with 10 for 10. And now a word from this month's sponsor of the Compliance Podcast Network, Ethico. In the intricate world of ethics and compliance, each second is precious. And slow case closures are more than just delays, they're missed opportunities. Enter Ethico. Our solution revolutionizes case management, cutting case closure times in half, and turning every challenge into a chance for improvement. Imagine a workspace where efficiency and compliance coexist harmoniously. Don't just dream of faster resolutions, make it your reality. Visit ethico.com slash cpn today to book a demo and dive into our exclusive white paper by Tom Fox, 2023, the year in compliance. Empower your team with the tools they deserve. Week ending January 27, 2024. First up, from the Financial Times, the first of two stories, ExxonMobil has sued to block shareholder climate change petitions before their boards of directors. They filed a lawsuit trying to stop shareholder climate resolution from going to a vote at the annual investor meeting, a first for the U.S. energy company. Exxon is suing Follow This, an activist uh, investor group, and Arjuna Capital, a registered investment advisor. Typically, uh, companies go to the SEC to have this, but companies rarely go to court. So it's a remarkable step, and clearly Exxon does not want shareholders utilizing their rights. Next up, from the South China uh, Morning Post, a claim that China's biggest corruption crackdown is coming, and it's in the statistical sphere. China's push against data fabrication has been greatly strengthened after the practice was added to Communist Party disciplinary regulations last month. Severely harmful fraudulent statistics Damage the credibility of the party and the company, according to the Statistics Bureau. Gee, I wonder what that would sound like in the United States. From Reuters, a very interesting story that Martin Schreck Relly's lifetime drug industry ban was upheld by the Second Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, they also ordered Schreck Relly to repay $46 million from antitrust violations. Uh, Shrek really tried to get out of uh, his sentence and uh, was unsuccessful for doing so. This has additional relevance, though, for Donald Trump and being banned uh, for life from doing business in New York. Uh, next up, from our second story from the Financial Times, Arabus, or Arabus has fired its chief executive for allegedly engaging in a years-long fraud around metal theft. 
It dismissed three of its top management, including the CEO, following the scandal involving a string of metal thefts. The Hamburg-based company said the contracts had been terminated. The decision came after the company launched an independent investigation reviewing the responsibility of the executive board in connection to a long-running fraud involving both suppliers and employees. And uh, our next story comes to us from the New York Times. You've certainly heard the phrase, the devil made me do it. Well, a pastor in Colorado said God made him do it. And that's why he um, engaged in fraud with cryptocurrency. Uh, although he later said that, well, maybe I misinterpreted God's will on that. Nevertheless, he didn't misinterpret the will of the securities regulators who accused him of securities fraud in selling uh, worthless cryptocurrency securities going forward. Next up, another story from the Wall Street Journal Risk and Compliance Journal, David Smagala reporting that the Chinese bank ICBC is fine, was fined $32 million by the New York um, Department of Financial Services, its financial record, for uh, compli- and the uh, U.S. Fed for compliance failures. Um, ICBC, the world's largest bank by assets, entered into settlements with those groups in addition to the Federal Reserve. So the um, uh, bank uh, had backdated uh, many documents, compliance documents, and failed to report to the DFS in a timely manner. It's a Chinese bank, really no surprise there. Next up, um, a really interesting article, once again from the Wall Street Journal, about the uh, desperation of China's Belt and Roads Project and how, uh, in addition to bribery and corruption, the construction itself is just useless. And uh, in Angola, a Chinese company finished building a train station, um, but after loading all the software into the computers, they um, neglected to tell anyone the password. So the Angolan government can't use it. So that's really why foreign countries need to be very careful in doing business with China. Next up from the Washington Post, a really interesting article that Gen Z is bringing back part-time work. Well, the question I have for you as a compliance professional as if you're going to bring back teenagers or as young as 12, because the Republicans think, seem to think that everyone should work all night and not study, that um, what risks does that bring? What risks do it, does it bring to have first-time employees uh, at your company? What risks does it bring to have teenagers or those below even, uh, as I said, as, as young as 12? So uh, as the economy changes, as the workforce changes, risks are going to change. So as more, more high schoolers are mark, making their way into the workforce, I think that uh, chief compliance officers and HR professionals are going to have to pay uh, very close attention because their risks will have changed going forward. And our final story comes to us from the Wall Street Journal, Risk and Compliance Journal, Richard Vandeford reporting. And this is a very interesting story uh, about a group of bipartisan U.S. senators. Yes, I said that bipartisan U.S. senators who have uh, basically notified the Department of Justice 
that they believe more robust enforcement and more robust laws need to be put in place around Chinese forced labor. Of course, the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act uh, is the strongest U.S. law around forced labor, and it puts the onus on companies to make sure they're not doing business with any forced uh, Uyghur labor. But this congressional committee has urged the Biden administration to do more to crack down on the import of goods linked to forced labor. And the letter draws attention to a number of issues flagged by anti-forced labor advocates and researchers who point out that both the enforcement uh, and uh, by the Department of Justice and, of course, the self-disclosures by company could and should be more robust. I really find this interesting that, once again, I have to say that word, bipartisan group of U.S. senators. That's not something you get to say very often anymore. But it's the Congress that is pushing this. It's not the regulators. It's not the Biden administration. Of course, there are those in industry or rather in the private sector or the semi-public sector who are against this. But U.S. companies need to be very aware of this and not only around the potential legal violations, but the huge reputational risk that uh, you could find yourself in if you are using this forced labor. As I mentioned in our opening, the sponsor this month for the Compliance Podcast Network is Ethico. Struggling to close cases? Ethico is here for you. Take advantage of their innovative approach to empathetic issue intake, streamline case management, and enterprise-wide disclosure. Learn more about how you can crowdsource risk management at scale at ethico.com backslash CPN. Thanks for listening to this episode of 10 for 10. As I mentioned in prior episode, this is the one request I've received most often from podcast listeners of the Daily Compliance News to put together a summary at week's end so that every compliance professional can catch up with the news quite quickly. So I hope you will subscribe, rate, and review to this new podcast edition to the Compliance Podcast Network family, 10 for 10. If you've got an idea for a podcast, I'd love to hear from you. I start many shows based upon ideas from listeners. So give me a shout. You can reach me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. 10 for 10 is a proud member of the Compliance Podcast Network.